0: We are in our series right now called Lyrics and Lies, and we are talking all about relationships. And that is something that every single one of us um, needs to talk about. Doesn't matter what stage you are in right now, if you are single, if you are dating, if you're engaged, if you're married, um, it's something that we can all continue to pursue and continue to learn about. And so the very first week, we talked about singleness, and we got really raw about um, the different struggles that we have with singleness, but also just how to um, be single in a healthy way and how to pursue a relationship. And then last week, we talked about building relationships. What are the things that we need to prioritize? And if you missed either of those weeks, I encourage you, go listen to them on our podcast and just um, continue to learn and invest in this area of your life. And well, this week, we're going to be talking about, I think, our all of our favorite subject. We are talking about sex. Um, So it's going to be fun. And you may guess that I am not going to be teaching about this, Um, but I look to some people who know a lot more about it than I do. And, you know, there's different people I'm sure we all have in our life that we look at them and we're like, wow, that is the kind of couple that I want to be when I grow up. We just look at their relationship, at their marriage, and we're like, how did they get there? Because they've got something really amazing, really magical, really special but they don't just get there by accident. They have to work hard and they have to pursue and they have to create boundaries and they um, go through struggles and conflict. And so there's so much that we can learn from them. And so tonight we're gonna be learning from two different couples um, that are from here at Riverwood. They weren't able to uh, actually make it to tonight, but we sent Chelsea out. And so she's going to uh, just ask some really hard questions. They're gonna get really real with us um, about their thoughts about sex and intimacy I know as soon as I told you that we were talking about sex tonight um, there's different emotions that come up you know for some of us we get really embarrassed and we're like I don't want to talk about this this is an embarrassing subject uh, for others of us you know it might bring up a bunch of um, past emotions or feelings of guilt or shame but you know we don't want you to feel any of those negative things tonight instead what we hope that you feel by the end of it is just hope. We hope that you feel an excitement for the future. We hope that you feel freedom. And I want to say that the things that we talk about, we're going to be real. We're going to challenge you guys. But also, if you just flat out disagree with us, that's okay too. You don't have to believe to belong in this community. You can 100% disagree with everything that we say. And you're still a part of our family. You're still a part of this community. So I just want to put it out there um, that... Yeah, we're going to talk about some really real stuff. We are going to be going to the Bible and just saying, this is what God is saying. And yeah, it's totally against what culture is saying. But we are going to try to live our lives aligned with what God wants for us and the freedom that he gives to us. But if you don't believe that, we still love you. Uh, We still hope that you continue to engage in these conversations and and come back. But I just want to uh, set the stage for what is going to be happening tonight. And so to start off the conversation, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Todd and our family marriage pastor, Pastor Carolyn, and uh, Chelsea has some really great questions that she's gonna ask them.
1: Super excited to be meeting with you guys, the resident marriage experts of Riverwood.
2: We have been married a long time, 33 Mm -hmm. years.
1: That's really great, and how long did you date for?
2: A uh, year and a half, I think it was, it, but it was in Bible school, so that's equal to three years in the real world.
1: Oh, I see. That's how that works. Yeah. It was in actually Bible school. almost two
2: years. Almost two. Almost okay,
1: two. there you go. So resident <laughs> dating and marriage experts. Yeah. That's yes. great. I'm really excited to learn from you guys. I think you have a lot of uh, wisdom for us mm-hmm. to hear. So I'm um, really excited to have this talk about sex.
2: Our favorite topic. Here we go. Or my yeah. favorite topic.
1: So, um, you know, we hear a lot in the Christian world, this kind of phrase of save sex for marriage. Uh, What is that? Is that really important? And and if so, why is that important?
3: Um, You know, I I heard someone once say that, you know, that while there's a lot of don'ts in the Bible, don't do this, don't do that. But really, um, it should be said more like from God saying, don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. That's really what this is all about. Don't hurt yourself when he says, don't lie, don't cheat, don't commit adultery, don't, you know, have sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's simply put in there, don't hurt yourself, because there's huge consequences mm-hmm. uh, when we do.
2: I just hate the messaging, the messaging, uh, you know, from the days when I was a youth pastor all the way through to now is um, uh, just wait right? So you just need to wait. And it's very utilitarian. It's very pragmatic, like mm-hmm. just wait because it's better on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think the messaging is horrible, mm-hmm. right? I think what we miss is we miss the fact that uh, our sexuality and our sexual connectivity is absolutely sacred. It is not something to be uh, dealt with lightly. It is uh, it is magical. It is remarkable. It is one of the most holy experiences you can have. And because of that, God says, this is restricted for uh, the marriage covenant, uh, but we miss that part of it, right? And mm-hmm. so we, we end up playing fast and loose and, and the, the messaging of uh, just wait because it's gonna be better. Well, you know, I'll take it the way it is now because uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with not waiting, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that the logic doesn't work, uh, but when you realize how sacred it is and how mystical it is and that it'll take you uh, literally 33 years to unravel the mystery and the wonder, and we're not even done yet. Like, mm. So when you look at it that way, why would you want to give that to somebody that you're just gonna be with for a few months? Um, you need to strengthen that, that muscle, mm. that muscle of integrity, that muscle of honor, that muscle of uh, sacredness, that muscle of respect, um, that muscle of disciplining yourself uh, to not just go with your sexual urges, because you're gonna need that muscle very, very strongly on the other side of the, of the altar. So um, it's those who don't exercise that and like, oh, well, let's just, let's just uh, you know, hook up, whatever, it doesn't matter, we're gonna get married anyway. That thinking is going to uh, come alive again, three years, five years, seven years in, when somebody at the office, somebody at work mm-hmm. is starting to come on to you and you're going to use that same mentality. Oh, I'll just go with it. It's not really going to matter. So, you, so no. I think you have to absolutely discipline yourself. And and this is why the why wait thing is so important. Right to that wedding day.
3: And I, I would have would say something very similar because if you're not developing that that you know, how, how you're going to respond to temptation muscle. Mm. Uh, li- so often people think, oh, once I'm married, mm. um, I'll have all this sex and I'll never be tempted again. Mm. But that isn't the case. The temptations do rise up again, and you do need to make sure that you have that muscle well built, that you can withstand the temptation and continue to be faithful to your partner, to honour them, to um, You know, we work with so many couples in the church who've had affairs and and have crossed lines that way after they were married. Um, And there's so much hurt and brokenness that comes with that. But if you can start building that trust with each other Mm -hmm. before the wedding day, um, that goes a long way. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, let's say you are dating for marriage and that's your intent. Isn't it important if you're gonna be with this person for the rest of your life to understand and know if you are physically compatible? Is there such a thing?
2: Okay, so I I am used to saying there's no such thing as a dumb question, Chelsea. Okay. This is the dumb question. Explain why, what makes it so? This just gets my blood boiling. So I I did a little bit of of searching on uh, signs of non-compatibility according to uh, different websites. Here it is, Uh, you dread hooking up, um, you're, you're in your head the whole time, uh, you make excuses to not be intimate, you don't kiss as much, and you find it challenging to orgasm. Uh, based on that, if that's the sign of incompatibility, every single married couple should break up. And because you'll never be compatible. We, we've been not compatible 10, 20, 30 times through our marriage. Like, it's just ridiculous to think that uh, you could be at your best when when life is hot and, and really moving for the for six months or a year, and you're going to measure this compatibility. But what happens when the baby comes along? What happens when you fall into depression? What happens when your husband is no longer employed? What happens when one of your your uh, parents die? Uh, what happens when something happens physiologically to you? Suddenly you become incompatible. Well. Now what, you're supposed to break up because mm. we're no longer compatible and our testing would have shown us that? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like that's, it's the most ridiculous logic in the world mm-hmm. that this, that we have to test drive this compatibility because I will guarantee you, you're going to be incompatible uh, many times and you got to learn to work through that.
3: Mm-hmm. And compatibility is, isn't something that just, you test to see, it's really something that you create. Compatibility is about creating something special and you know, You might ask well you know am i compatible with this person in this area and that area yeah it is important to know if you're on the same page but compatibility is something different it's it is something that you create this this oneness that you build together
2: I, i love that in fact let's let's put it into this realm let's let's have a baby and then we'll see if we're compatible to be parents and if we're not we'll get rid of the baby how ridiculous is that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, you've created. I love that word you just mm-hmm. used. You're creating something sacred. Mm-hmm. Now you got to work through it, right? And it's going to come with lots of curveballs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, Sorry, I'm a little wound up about that one.
1: Intimacy is so much more than just sex. Mm-hmm. So, how do you create boundaries around that? Or how do you suggest to create boundaries around that as a dating, in a dating relationship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, it's obvious. Right? Yep.
1: So here it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what I think? It's it's sometimes hard to determine, okay, what should be our lines? I mean, I can tell you what some of our lines were uh, when we were dating. Um, One was we wouldn't lie down together. That was just one. And we uh, never did, right? I can't remember. Oh my
2: goodness, are you kidding me? (laughs) We broke that one so many times. We did
3: break it. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) You don't remember, you erased that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We did break it. (laughs) Um, but it was good to have in place because it, I think it, it did save us maybe from going further than what we would have Yeah. So here,
2: here's the way I look at this is you determine, um, where you want to be on your wedding night, which is, I want to give you the best of me. You're going to give me the best of you on our wedding night. And we don't want to have sex before then. Now you start working it backwards. Okay. And it's going to be different for every couple. Um, but I think you end up drawing a line in the sand and that was one of our lines in the sand you're right but we drew that line far enough back away from um, You know ultimately having sex that when we found ourselves in those situations the alarm bells were going off and We were able to recognize that uh, we've gone too far So you draw the line farther back. So that might be with lying down together. That might be um, with uh, heavy caressing and petting, that might what, whatever it is, you know. So you want to start the um, the standards way further back to make sure that you have time to to slow that thing down. You got to be smart about
1: it. Now, what if there is a couple, let's say uh, a dating couple who is already engaged in a sexual relationship? What's a healthy way moving forward for them? Is it too late? Should they just disregard? Um, what should they do?
2: That one's pretty common and. Even easier than if they're living together, right? And uh, and it gets even more complicated if they're living together and already have a child, right? So there, there are levels of complication. You deal with this stuff mm-hmm. uh, more though.
3: Yeah. So we we talk about this, you know, in our premarital course, and we've had couples in our course who are living together. And the last session, um, we had a couple living together. They were both committed followers of Christ, but because of finances they felt it's better if we have one apartment. And so they moved in together and had that kind of relationship. Um, after the course, I got an email from them saying, you know what, we really feel like we have crossed too many lines. Um, we're actually not even looking forward to our wedding day or a wedding night because what's the difference? What, what difference is there gonna be in our relationship in that way um from the day before the wedding or the day after or of and so they made a very hard choice to separate she went and moved back home with her parents he stayed in their place and um they talked to me after and were just so thrilled um that they had made this decision and were now excited about their wedding day Mm. because We have something to look forward to we get to be together like that again and so does it take courage to make that decision yeah it does but they had no regrets at all that they had had made that hard call and one of the prominent
1: challenges uh, that we hear about a lot in in terms of um, sexual relationships is porn and that's something that a lot of young adult men and women uh, struggle with so what? how do you see porn as damaging to a potential future or current sexual relationship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're
2: going to have different perspectives on this, so what, how would you answer that? Uh,
3: I don't know if we'll have different perspectives, Well, but from
2: a woman's perspective and a guy's sure. perspective.
3: Yes, certainly I can speak from a woman's perspective um, in terms of... It is probably more common for, for guys to struggle with this, but it is happening with women, too. I think it's so pervasive in our culture today. It's so accessible than it was when we were young. Um, and, and so I understand the cultural pressure and the anything goes, but again, it's you're, you're crossing lines. Um, you're dishonoring um, your future wife when you're, you're given into looking at other women and uh, getting off on that, I, I think it, it's just it can be so damaging for her. Uh, I mean, I've talked to married couples who, um, you know, this has been an issue, and for the wife, she's left feeling like, "I'm not enough. I'm not enough for him. He needed to go look at someone else." And so it it leaves a lot of insecurity in the woman, and and again, it's one of those things if you can't. Um, Fight the temptation now. Um, after you're married, it's not it, the temptation isn't going to be any less. Mm. You will still have that temptation.
2: Yeah. Now, the, the the part of this that might be a little bit uh, different for a guy is that guys struggle with the physiological dynamics of this, of, of needing to ejaculate, and especially when they're young and all the testosterone and all this stuff. So we use it as an excuse that well, this is actually helping me to not have sex, you know, and so on. I think again we have to to realize the trickiness of our own hearts and uh, pornography, as far as I'm concerned, objectifies women in a way that uh, is completely demeaning. It uh, sets up so, so many false expectations. So you're setting yourself up for disappointment and it's just not real. It's mm-hmm. just it's just it's fake. It's, it is the world's it's Satan's uh, counterfeit attempt at, at taking something that was so pure and so magical I mean there's been so many occasions uh, when we've been intimate together, and afterwards I'll, I'll just say i felt like i was like one step away from heaven like it was that holy that sacred that magical that mystical that amazing but everything else about pornography is just cheap it's right. just cheap and, and it's, it's
3: such a shortcut like it's yeah. not it's not true relationship right. and
2: it doesn't press you into knowing how to woo one another and mm-hmm. how to uh, work out the uh, the differences and so on because you just go off and, and get off easily and so you don't even have to be have those conversations it, it rips off marriage is what it does mm-hmm. it, it destroys it so uh, yeah I, I feel for our younger generation now that it is so pervasive so accessible right there on your phone right and mm-hmm. it's so tempting and who's going to know right mm-hmm. and uh but it's just it's so cheap and so damaging oh, yeah.
1: So we kind of talked about this idea or popular phrase about you know, save yourself for marriage. Now marriage comes around, does that mean anything goes? What, what, are, the, what are the boundaries in a marriage relationship?
3: I think uh, respect and honour yeah. have to be foremost yeah. uh, in, a, in a marriage relationship. Um, so if, if one partner is uncomfortable with um, a certain position or action, um, or location. Or location. Or timing. Yeah. The other, the other partner needs to respect that. Um, it needs to be a mutual decision on, on what goes and what
2: doesn't. So I, I, I love that. Respect, honor. I would add to it, selflessness. I think that you will not discover... You will discover how incredibly selfish you are uh, on the other side of the, of the um, wedding altar and, and once you enter the marriage bed and you realize, oh my goodness. I need to be a lot more giving, so uh, one of the ways that I will often give to Carolyn sexually is by not um, pressing her for sex because I know that she 's not feeling well she 's tired, and my honor of her is to to not even go there right now, and many times Carolyn will initiate or you know and there'll be an honor of giving uh, so it becomes something and it 's taken us. 33 years to learn this, you know, uh, or at least for sure 15 years in. Like these are things that don't happen in year one or year two. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say give yourself at least 15 to 20 years before you begin to understand sexuality within a relationship, right? And So this is what what bugs us so much is when when people are married for four years and then oh, we're not compatible, it's not working, we're out of here. It's like, are you kidding? You have no idea how fantastic that that could have been if you would have worked through. We had our Mm -hmm. issues, we had our our emotional stuff at five years, at seven years, at eight years, um, you know, at at year 10, at year 15, at at year 33, it's only getting better, Mm. right? And, but you don't understand that.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us. Um, We touched on a lot of hot topics today, and I just love that you guys are willing to be super transparent about those things and just tell us how it is.
2: You know what, and just to to wrap up, it's not about restriction or waiting or holding yourself back. It's about setting yourself up for the best life you can have. Right. And that's what we're excited about mm-hmm. is, is marriages that are red hot. Like I, I like this term red hot monogamy. I mean, just red hot marriages that are always on an adventure and and have somewhere to go next week and the week after. So 33 years in, where's our marriage going next week? Where's it going the week after? Like, And I, nothing kills us more than watching mundane dead marriages. Mm-hmm. So these are the principles to set you up for success, not about restricting mm-hmm. you from God's goodness, but it's about mm-hmm. setting you up for the best of God's goodness.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank
1: you guys so much. You're welcome.
0: All right, that was some fun stuff. Maybe a little bit heavy, maybe, no, let's all just like take a deep breath, okay? In through the nose, and out through the mouth. Great, you guys are doing awesome. I know that some of this stuff, to hear it, we feel challenged and Um, you know, there's, there's just so many emotions, like I was saying before, but I think there's just so many things that we can learn, um, about this topic from people who are older than us, people who have gone through our stage of life already, and I love what they, um, what they talked about, what they said of how sex is just such a sacred thing. I know, um, for those of you who don't know, a lot of you do, those were actually my parents. (laughs) Um, so some people ask me, like, is this weird for you to, like, hear this from your parents? And, Honestly, I'm the result of it, so <laughs> not really. Um, I think it's fine. <laughs> Ask my sisters. They're going to have a little different response. But as a leader of high school and young adult ministries, it's kind of a topic I have to get used to. Um, but it's something that they've actually just taught me and my siblings all growing up, is that it's not something we have to be afraid of. So much as the church, we get afraid of it because we're restricted from it. It's something that we don't really know. We're told not to do it, yet we, we want to. Um, But I love that they just talk about it just being this amazing and sacred thing and how the lie of culture is that it's casual, it's just two bodies, it's just biology. But no, it's actually so much greater. God's created it so much greater than that. And uh, so we have one other couple that I would love for us to hear from tonight. Sometimes it's great to have just um, different voices come in, different perspectives, different people. And so this is um, an interview that Chelsea did with Jason and Shar. They are um, in the marriage ministry here at Riverwood. They mentor pre, um, couples, premarital couples, I guess. Um, and so here's a little bit of their perspective, some of the same things, but also um, just some new ideas when it comes to this topic.
1: So I'm here with Jason and Shar, our resident marriage experts. You guys have been married for how long?
4: 21 years.
1: 21, 21 years. Yeah. 21 years. So today we have the pleasure of talking about a very exciting topic, and that is sex. We're going to talk about sex today. Woohoo! woohoo. Check that out. <laughs> All right. So um, one of the things we want to start out with is just kind of addressing this uh, Christian lingo of uh, save yourself for marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, what we want to ask you guys is, is that important? Why is that important? As as a married couple, do you think that's important?
5: Um, the bigger part of it is, is that sex is a privilege, and and our society hasn't it's taken a completely different view of that now. Sex is almost a, a given. You know, you should be doing it. Or you should be having the amount of pressure that's on your generation and even our generation and so on mm-hmm. was, was massive. Um, but the, the real process boils down to do you see it as a privilege or mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. Because if you see it as a privilege, then when you're with somebody, then there's a different kind of respect there. There's a different mm-hmm. kind of attitude there about mm-hmm. whether or not I'm saving myself. It's not so much whether I'm saving myself, it's whether or not I care about that other person mm-hmm. enough that, that I do believe that someday, if we get to that point, we're gonna have this privilege mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives.
3: Um,
1: so if you are someone who is dating or maybe even engaged to somebody and you right. express that, that commitment that you're right. going to enter into that marriage relationship, do you wait then or is that, is that
4: what God's looking for?
5: Well, you know, I'd ahead.
4: like to answer to that one. When Jason and I were engaged, um, we were both 30. We um, were old enough to know that all the parts worked, right? Um, and there was a lot of temptation there in that. But we wanted to wait, and we found that the times that we were behaving well and waiting we were able to develop the relationship on a very different, intimate kind of level. Mm. Right now, society teaches you that if you wanna be intimate with someone, you have to have sex. Mm. But there's a kind of intimacy that can happen when you're not having sex. Because now, instead of focusing on each other's bodies or on a lustful way, you're looking into each other's hearts. And you're really spending the time asking those questions, wanting to find out, you know, so what was it like when you were young and you were growing up? and, And it builds a much deeper, spiritual intimacy
5: intimacy, though is also a a massive piece most people take it for granted and ultimately what's going to end up happening is it's going to become the intimacy that you've gained as friends and as partners in life because the 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 whole process of marriage and and the privilege of sex together and so on for the rest of your life that's really what you're the hardest part of what you're doing is is that you're filtering out the people in your life that ultimately might be that one person Mm -hmm. and to get to that one person there shouldn't be um, uh, ultimatums, or you know, well, if you don't do that, then we won't be together, and all that kind of stuff, um, where fear somehow enters into the relationship early mm-hmm. on because of sex. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: yeah. So a lot of people, when they think about committing to somebody for a lifetime,
5: mm-hmm.
1: um, a lot of people have the idea that they need to be able to know if they're physically compatible first, well, if sure, they're going to yeah. do that. <laughs> How would you assess that Trust apart from me, sex? Well, you uh,
4: are physically yeah. compatible. Yeah. God made us that way. Yeah. It's all going to work, unless there's um, um, a medical kind of an issue or yeah. some other kind of issue. You're compatible. Yeah. When I was young, that was the excuse to well, you know, yeah. we want to we got to find out if we're compatible. And yeah,
5: and and it's just that it it is kind of an excuse yeah. that that um, that people will use to try and and justify. Uh, that sense of curiosity and all the other pieces that go along with getting to know someone but the fact is is that it's God made it a s- very specific way mm-hmm. and, and it does work and you know mm-hmm. just you have to trust it and if you yeah. don't then mm-hmm. you know you have other issues mm-hmm. i guess so
1: you guys have touched on this a little bit but uh, just to be really clear um, how do you really set boundaries in terms of avoiding cheating on your partner or or what can you do to kind of Help yourself out in that way, and some people do. Some people struggle with this more than others.
5: First off, um, the, the Bible tells us not to uh, to avoid even the appearance of evil. So part of that, like in our lives anyway, um, we're we're never alone, so to speak, with another uh, woman for me or another man, for sure. So as an example, you know, giving a ride or whatever else. Um, for us, and, and in for in our life in particular, we've had um, challenges to our marriage like that so we've had to come up with rules that said listen you know let's just you know that way you're not put on the spot or i'm not put mm-hmm. on the spot we just don't do it like this and you know there's there's minor exceptions with people that we like uh, they are part of our house group maybe or something like that but for the most part it's a very hard and fast rule mm-hmm. we share um, a facebook account we uh, share our uh, twitter account all that kind of stuff just so that Access both of to us can each
4: other's phones yeah
5: so the best thing to do is create boundaries for yourself that uh, don't, you know, you're not um, texting back and forth with somebody of the opposite sex uh, on a regular basis without letting your partner know, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, I've been talking to so-and-so, if Mm -hmm. you want, you can, you know, no, I'm good.
1: Yeah, a lot of couples seem to mention this um, transparency idea, particularly Mm -hmm. as it relates to social media. You've mentioned Facebook and uh, other accounts. Um, But I've heard a lot of people call that into question and kind of ask them where trust plays a role in that. Like, shouldn't you be able to trust your, your boyfriend,
4: girlfriend, husband, wife? Yeah, but trust is interesting. People say they, you should be able to trust me without showing everything and divulging everything. Well... If Jason should be able to trust me, then I should have no problem with him seeing
1: all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jason Jar, thank you guys so much for coming in to talk to us. You guys are so wise. And I know our community is going to be really benefit from, um, yeah, just what you've shared. Thank
5: you. Thank yeah, you. It was, it was, it was really good nice to, be here. to
4: spend the time.
0: Well, we learned a lot tonight. At least I feel like I learned a lot. I hope that you did too. Um, you know, just some practical things going forward. Um, if you are in a relationship, or even if you're not, getting someone to hold you accountable. An accountability partner is such a strong and incredible thing, you know, to keep you from watching those movies, to keep you from looking at porn, to keep you from going further than you ever intended with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, having someone that you can talk to, that you can be open with, someone that you trust, someone that's experienced um, this stage. I encourage you, find someone who can help keep you accountable. And second of all, if anything know tonight that just kind of stirred in you and you're just feeling these uncomfortable emotions don't just sit there with it i encourage you to go talk to someone um we have a prayer team here they're incredible they'll keep everything confidential um but maybe it's just talking to someone that you trust that's not here tonight i encourage you make that phone call send that text don't leave here tonight feeling all of those uncomfortable emotions but actually Go out and talk to someone. This is not something that we should feel ashamed of. This is not something that we should be just filled with guilt about. This is something that God is calling us to be free from. He wants to offer us that grace. He wants to offer us that that freedom. And the verse that comes to mind is in Romans eight, Romans eight thirty eight. Paul is talking, and he says, "For I am convinced." That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing that you've ever done, nothing that you will ever do can separate you from the love of Christ. God loves you so much and it doesn't matter all these things that you've done in the past. You can be free from it. The Bible talks about, you know, just confessing the things that are, are in your heart and that are just keeping you bound, saying confessing, you're going to be given so much grace, you're going to be given so much love, you're going to be given so much freedom, and so if you just need prayer for anything tonight, if you need to talk to anyone, our prayer team is at the back, um, you can come talk to me after, any of us on the lead team, we would love to talk to you, or just talk to someone that, um, that you love and that you trust. But God wants you to experience freedom tonight, and he wants to remind you that he loves you so much. So would you stand, and let's worship together.